This week, we have another full slate of games to look forward to. Luckily for us, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, has us covered with so many different ways to get in on the action. DraftKings Sportsbook is based right here in the U.S., not offshore, so you know your funds are safe and secure. Plus, they have new odds, boosts, and promotions on your favorite sports every day. With DraftKings Sportsbook, you can bet from wherever, whenever, you don't even have to leave your house. And for those where sports betting is not yet available, head to the DraftKings app and check out all of their daily fantasy contests. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SI when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. That's code SI to get your sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. This is the SI Fantasy Podcast. He's going to see his production decrease at least 15 to 20%, so I think he might actually be a fantasy bust in 2020. Head to SI.com slash fantasy for all the latest news, advice, and more to help you win your league. I look at his athletic ability, his explosiveness. He's very good in the red zone. He's able to get you those touchdowns. I mean, this guy had five touchdowns and 30 receptions. That's pretty much unheard of. Don't forget to subscribe to SI Fantasy Plus for even more content you won't find anywhere else. Every single running back in his first year as the featured back under Andy Reid, dating back to 1999, has been the RB10 or better. How can we go wrong here with the Glide, guys? Here are your hosts, Corey Parson, Dr. Roto, and Michael Fabiano. What's up and welcome inside the SI Fantasy Podcast brought to you by DraftKings. Corey Parson, the fantasy executive, Michael Fabiano, and Dr. Roto coming to you on a solemn Monday. This program has a heavy Dallas Cowboys slant. Obviously, we saw the gruesome leg injury to ankle injury to Dak Prescott. We'll get into that a little bit later on, but want to get in here and start to wrap it up this week. But we still got two more games left to go for this week. Michael Fabiano, what's up with you, my man? You said it, man. Somber, brother. I, I got to be honest with you guys. After the, the 4 p.m. Eastern games were done, I was kind of done with football. Uh, yeah, I, I obviously was paying attention to what was going on with Seattle and Minnesota. I was watching it on my phone, on my Sling app, and um, but between the the games being moved around, having to drop players I didn't want to drop because commissioners didn't expand rosters like they should have, having to answer questions as a commissioner in several leagues about what people can and can't do due to COVID, and then having Dak go down like that, man. That that one uh, that that was a rough Sunday, my friends. No doubt, tough weekend, Doc. Obviously, everybody knows that been knowing me for a while. They know that my favorite football player of all time has always been Tony Romo, and I've been very very tough on Dak Prescott throughout his first couple seasons in Dallas. But it finally sunk in for me, Doc. That was my quarterback moving forward. I was very happy with him, and you know I was hoping that he got that contract extension this year. And now you look at that contract extension, and you look at a young man that's. Had a severe injury like that, Doc, you got to feel pretty bad. You got to be heartbroken for Dak Prescott. I am. I mean, look, you guys know I'm not a Cowboy fan and not even yeah. close to that, but it doesn't matter. I mean, when that play happened, and I know we were, I was just talking with you off air, 
I was like, I said to myself, just as I was running, I go, why are you calling that play? I mean, it's it's a risky play. And then when he went down like that, I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm, my heart bled, bled for Dak Prescott because he deserves so much better than to end his season like this. And and literally one of the first things that went through my mind was the, his contract. Like, yeah. This guy earned his money. He was worth every penny that he was asking for. And now I just hope that Jerry Jones does the right thing and, and gives him at least least 90 to 95 percent of what he was looking for maybe not 100 i don't know if he's going to get that but at least 90 to 95 percent because he earned every penny and, and I'm, I'm really interested to see what goes on with that because if he if that doesn't happen i will lose any respect i had for jerry jones and the cowboys organization one thing fabs that people always say say what you want to say about jerry jones and some of his takes and stuff like that but everybody says that he takes care of his cowboys i do hope that that would be the situation with dak prescott i think that that would be the situation with dak prescott yeah, I would hope so too. And I hope this isn't some sort of issue that hinders him for the rest of his career. Uh, I feel like he's going to be back. I mean, heck, we saw Alex Smith come back, uh, which was which was tremendous uh, yesterday against the Rams. But I feel like Dak will be back. He'll be back at 100%. He's proven that he's one of the top quarterbacks in the National Football League. I get it. Winning playoff games is very important. But Dak's still a very young man. He's still got a lot of time to do that. And I would argue... Uh, that Dallas's uh, inefficiencies are far more glaring on the defensive side of the football and nothing that really Dak Prescott uh, has anything to do with. So hopefully he's going to be back under center for the Dallas Cowboys in 2021, uh, 100% healthy, and hopefully a man who has signed a very lucrative contract. No doubt about it. So you have those of you who are NBA followers about uh, Joseph Nurkic, very similar injury. He was able to return this year to the Portland Trailblazers about a year after the injury. So hopefully we see Dak in training camp and, you know, as under center for the Cowboys moving forward and they get that and they get that contract done. Now, Doc, when you look at Dallas from a fantasy perspective, Andy Dalton steps in. He got the W yesterday. Andy Dalton's a solid, efficient quarterback. What do you think happens with Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and the rest of the pieces in the Cowboys office? Because we're starting to see a birth of a superstar in CeeDee Lamb. Oh, yeah, we sure are. I mean, and the Giants can't cover slot receivers. So you put those two things together and boom, blow up game. I don't hate Andy Dalton. I hated Andy Dalton on the Bengals because they couldn't protect him, right? They had the worst offensive line in the league, and this guy was getting was getting killed in virtually every game. And then, of course, you can't blame them for drafting Joe Burrow. But I thought Andy Dalton may have been one of the best signings in the entire offseason because had Dak gotten injured, which turned out to happen, Andy Dalton could lead this team. I mean, he's not a very accurate passer. I think he only what throws like 62% on his career. But look, he should be good enough to win this division. It's a horrible division, and Andy Dalton should be good enough to get them to the playoffs. Is he good enough to win a Super Bowl? I'm not so sure, but I think they can still make a playoff run. And in terms of fantasy, look, I, I think I would argue that he's a top 10, top 11 quarterback moving forward because when you have those weapons, I mean, it's hard not not to do well. Yeah, Mike, that's what I was going to say. Um, we, we, how, how do you feel about the Dallas Cowboys offense fantasy-wise now? And is Andy Dalton a guy that you see – being a, a starting quarterback in a 12-team fantasy league? It, it, based on the matchups, I think, I think he certainly will be. Uh, keep this in mind, though, guys. So Ryan Fitzpatrick, since last year, week seven, he's averaged over 20 points a game, okay? He's the top 10 fantasy quarterback. The guy's not even owned in 80% of leagues on ESPN, So, and, and which is just stupid, which I, I just don't get. But Dalton is a guy that, 
I don't know is going to have a heck of a lot more value than a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's barely owned, which again, just boggles my mind. But I do feel like because he's the Cowboys quarterback, because he has got the keys to the Ferrari at this point, right? Uh, he is going to end up being one of the most added players in fantasy football, but he is not Dak Prescott. He is a former top 10 fantasy quarterback. Okay. So I'll give him credit. He's done that in the past, but this is not Dak Prescott. It's not a guy like, Hey man, he's my quarterback. I don't even have to worry about my lineup every single week. I'm going to set it and forget it. It's not the case with Dalton. You're going to be playing the matchups with Dalton. I feel like, uh, I think the Cowboys are going to run the ball a little bit more with Zeke Elliott and because they don't have Dak under center. And also, you know, keep in mind that this is a downgrade for the rest of the offense, right? It's a downgrade for Amari Cooper. It hurts. But luckily, as Doc said, it's not a significant downgrade as it is on other teams when backup quarterbacks have to come in and play, like, say, in Denver or, say, uh, in San Francisco, for example. They can't get their quarterback situation set up. So it's good in that aspect, but you aren't going to be able to start Dalton every single week with confidence. He's I, going to be a matchup-based quarterback. I don't know if I agree with that. I'm looking at his schedule here. Okay, Doc, there's too many good quarterbacks Listen, in the league right now. I, mean, I hear you. Too I, many hear good you. Quarterbacks I hear what you're saying, but we're talking about the Cardinals, Washington, the Eagles, uh, Cincinnati. He's got a pretty good schedule. He's got the Ravens once, that's true, and the Steelers. So maybe right, those but, two but, games right, might Doc, you're talking about matchups, which is what I'm saying. You were playing Dak Prescott play, against the Ravens. I play Dalton you're not playing Dalton against the Ravens. I know, but you're beating the Ryan Fitzpatrick drum, and I get that he's been good, but at some point he's going to be benched for Tua, right? I mean, we know that. Dalton's not getting benched, and he's got better weapons than Ryan Fitzpatrick. You can't but compare C.D. Lamb and Isaiah Ford. You can't compare Michael Gallup and Preston Williams. Saying, Ryan Fitzpatrick has been historically, when he's been in a starting role, a better fantasy quarterback than Andy Dalton. There's no argument. Well, he's there. also Andy Dalton's played on one of the worst teams in the history of the NFL for, for a decade. Who has who Fitzpatrick played for? A bunch of the crappy teams in the NFL. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Mine, uh, immediately. I think it's going to be interesting to see how the situation uh, plays out. Um, I, I feel like it's going to be matchup based. I think he's a starter in 12 team leagues most week. Now they do have some of those tougher matchups. When Dallas goes on the road, I'd be very careful when they play outside the division. I'd be very careful as well. They got, I believe, Arizona coming up on, on, on the schedule next. Now, I have a situation tonight, Mike, where I have Justin Herbert on my bench and Josh Allen in my lineup. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, know, I, I know where you're going, I dude. Do I start Herbert tonight, or do I wait for tomorrow and hope that the game between the Bills and the Titans get played and I get my Josh Allen? So do I take the risk that the Titans don't have a positive COVID test before game time to have to cancel and push this game back? Do I take that risk, or do I play the safe route and go for it with Justin Herbert. I am more of a risk taker. I want to go Allen. And then plus it's a home league too. It's not a lot of big money in this. I will tell you that the advice that I gave people on Twitter yesterday was that if you have a really good replacement for some of the top players in Buffalo and Tennessee, that you may want to err on the side of caution. Here, if I were you, I'm playing Josh Allen. Remember that that more recent positive was a staff member right so it wasn't a player and if we've learned anything about the nfl bro they're gonna play at all costs so <laughs> yes they are so i have Ooh, leagues where in all the leagues that i'm in where i have say josh allen or if i have 
you know, Stefan Diggs, for example, or if I have Johnny Smith, I started him. I rolled the dice. Doc, high stakes aspect. What do you think about a situation like this? What's going down tonight where you do have a game where you can protect yourself with a guy like Herbert and you got some other pieces, you know, to protect against Devin Singletary and stuff like that. What are you doing as far as setting lineups and you got a couple dollars in these leagues? I think I'm looking at my matchup. I'm looking at how many points I need. I'm looking. So if I'm winning, you know, let's say by by 15, maybe I play Herbert because I think I'm going to get 20 out of him, and I think I'll be up by you know 35. So I think it it's it's dependent because Herbert's been really good, and I mean the Saints' defense has not been very good. So I think. And Joshua Kelly and Justin Jackson are, are good runners, but not great receivers out of the backfield. So, I mean, I think Herbert will throw downfield more. I think it's safe to say that Herbert's good for somewhere between like 18 and 22 points. Now, I know Allen could give us the big 30 bomb, which we want. But I think in, in this age of COVID, you know, anything could happen in, in the next 24 hours. So if I absolutely needed Allen, I'd roll with Allen. If I thought I could win with Herbert, I'll roll with Herbert. Tonight's game, Mike, we have no Michael Thomas. Apparently, it was an incident with a, with, a, with a teammate. He's not going to be on the field tonight, not in play in this game. So we got the New Orleans Saints at home versus the Chargers. I would like to know what it is that this was that serious that you sit your top wide receiver. Um, So I, I, we, I haven't heard nobody break that story yet. What's mm-hmm. going on tonight, Mike? What do you think about this game coming up here tonight, Monday Night Football? Well, hopefully, if you were waiting on Thomas, you had either Emmanuel Sanders or maybe Traquan uh, or Jalen Guyton. I mean, some kind of insurance uh, in this contest. So uh, Sanders and and Traquan obviously become more attractive. It looks like Jared Cook's going to play. I don't know if he's going to be 100%, but we did get a report, I believe, from Tom Pelissero this morning that that Cook was uh, trending towards playing. So that's good. For Drew Brees, I think Brees was a startable asset this week. I, I agree with Doc. I think Herbert's a very startable asset this week. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see if the Saints are going to be able to get back at any of those top defenders who, who missed last week's game, Marcus Davenport, uh, Jenkins, of course, and then and Lattimore. Uh, that, will, that will ultimately be at least in the conversation in terms of how we project Justin Herbert. But there's a couple of things that are of interest from a fantasy perspective here. And one of them is Herbert and how he goes and performs in the national spotlight uh, against a Hall of Fame quarterback. And then what are the Chargers doing in that backfield? Is it Joshua Kelly's backfield now? I think you're going to see some of Justin Jackson without question. Maybe there's going to be a hot hand situation. I interviewed Matt Money Smith on my show on SiriusXM last week. He's the voice of the LA Chargers on the radio. And he said, if Justin Jackson gets hot, he could see a scenario where Jackson you know, gets more maybe touches than we project. But I think Kelly... Uh, at this point is the, is the better of the two plays should be a high scoring affair though. And you've also got new Orleans on a buy coming up in week six. So maybe getting back to Michael Thomas, this is a good thing for him because he should be back to hundred percent when new Orleans get back, gets back onto that gridiron uh, in their next game after the buy. How would you handicap this one right here, doc? What are you looking at that? You know, that charger backfield does scare me tonight. Well, I mean, Michael Thomas supposedly got into a big fight with, uh, you know, the Troncy Gardner. I mean, that's just a mess. I, I don't know. I mean, you hate to see that, and you hate to, that it would cost this guy a game. I mean, you need Michael Thomas. So, I mean, it must have been It must have been pretty serious if yeah. they were to suspend Michael Thomas. Do you guys remember for the Redskins, was it Michael Westbrook and Stephen Davis? Was Yo, it- Stephen Davis beat the crap out of him. (laughs) I don't remember if it was it those two players, but I remember that's like when I heard about the Michael Thomas thing, I wonder, I said, I wonder if it was as bad as that Redskins incident years and years ago. 
It had to have been because, I mean, look, you need Michael Thomas. You, you yeah. want to win the game. So, and you have Deontay Harris is out. So, I mean, you're talking about playing Benny Fowler might be the third receiver tonight. That's how ugly it is. So it had to have been major. But look, I, I think what you're looking for in fantasy football is, you know, so I'll go to a little DFS. Why was Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins and Jamison Crowder a really good stack? Because you knew where the points were coming. For the Saints, it's going to go, uh, you know, Breeze, Kamara, Sanders, Traquan, right? You know where it is. So it's it's in one spot. I mean, I think all those guys will be are good plays. Murray's a great leverage play if Kamara gets stopped on the one-yard line like he did a couple of times last week. But, I mean, I'm, I'm very interested in this game. I think Herbert's ready for primetime. I think he's a cool customer, and I think that he's, he's a pretty darn good player. I want to see Keenan Allen. I want to see Hunter Henry find the end zone. Yeah, I think I like- you will, man. The Saints are awful against tight ends. Yeah, I'd like to see Hunter Henry find the end zone, too. I got a situation where I have an eight-point lead. I have Hunter Henry. My opponent has Keenan Allen, and Keenan Allen gets a lot of targets, so I'm kind of worried about that. But if Hunter Henry can hit pay dirt, it might be able to hold them off. But um, it is going to be uh, a sweat tonight as I try to get a victory uh, in this NFFC league, so I'm looking forward to that. Tomorrow night's game, uh, Tennessee Titans and the Buffalo Bills, if we get to it, I think you know what what the plays are on both sides, Mike, as far as, you know, Singletary and Allen and all of those guys. So right. I think it's pretty easy to handicap that to game tomorrow from a fantasy perspective if we do get it. Yep. And so I feel like most people probably faded Ryan Tannehill because uh, although the, the matchup's not bad, Buffalo hasn't been good against quarterbacks over the last three or four weeks. And – I think more of the issue is you don't have Corey Davis. You don't have Adam Humphreys. You might have A.J. Brown. Uh, he practiced in full on Saturday. So I'm guessing they should have A.J. Brown, although who knows? This could be a big Jonu Smith game. Like this guy could get a ton of targets in a worst-case scenario where, um, you know, you're, you're, you're down your top three wide receivers. Again, I think A.J. Brown it looks like he's trending towards playing. But Tannehill is probably mostly a fade. I think a lot of people like myself – you know, and you, Corey, we, we're, we're rolling the dice on Allen and Singletary and, and Stephon Diggs. But the other players, the ancillary players, you know, like Cole Beasley's been very good, but he's replaceable. John Brown has had his ups and downs, but he's replaceable. You're probably not starting either defense. The kickers, I mean, you're not going to roll the dice on Steven Goskowski as good as he's been from a fantasy perspective because of the risk of the game not being played. So, uh, it, it as you mentioned, it, it's kind of a chalk game, really. Uh, most people have already sort of set their lineups and, and can't really maneuver one way or another. So, at this point, we're just crossing our fingers and hoping that there isn't another player positive uh, between now and kick. Doc, one of the things I messed up on, and I got Brandon McManus in my starting lineup, Doc. Oh, you got you to be careful with the kicker. And if I lose this game, it's, I'm going to be like, I'm, it's because I took a donut from the kicker. Yeah, I took a donut last week uh, in the FSGA because I didn't get rid of this Pittsburgh Steelers, and I think I lost by three points. Uh, I'll, gi- I'll give you a guy this week who I, I think nobody's talking about, but you should. Khalif Raymond for the Titans. Yeah, man, I've got him. <laughs> might be the number one receiver on that team. Yeah. Uh, and even if AJ, actually, I want AJ Brown on the field because if AJ Brown's on the field, I like Khalif Raymond even more because this guy's a speedster. And I think people are underrating. I, I think it's the Ryans. They're underrating Ryan Fitzpatrick as Fab's been beating the drum. And they underrate Ryan Tannehill. All this guy's done as a starter has been pretty darn good. So, I mean, you've got Derrick Henry, you got Janu Smith. I think Khalif Raymond is a very interesting play if you're doing showdown on DK. All right, good stuff. So we got that out the way. Then remember, we've got a game that's moved to next week. We got to we got all week to figure this stuff out. Really, probably, hopefully, we won't be dealing with this all season. Now, when you look at some of the things that took place yesterday, Mike, 
I want to start off by saying, you know, congratulations to Alex Smith and his family for him getting back out there on the field yesterday. But yeah. we did see a drop off in Terry McLaurin. Yeah, we did. And it looks like Kyle Allen is going to get that job back. So I don't know that we're going to see Alex Smith start next week, at least from the reports that we've we've seen. The I feel like McLaurin's going to be fine. Okay, that that was an odd game. They were they they were just dumping the ball off to the running backs left and right, and I I really liked Antonio. Antonio Gibson was was putting up some nice receiving numbers there. He was getting a bunch of catches early in the game, and then all of a sudden it turned into the JD McKissick show. So that was a bit of a disappointment. But I feel like McLaurin's going to end up being fine. Um, th- this is this is one of the brightest young wide receivers in the league. And let's also remember, I mean, Kyle Allen's not great. Dwayne Haskins ain't all that great either. And Kyle yeah. Allen was the quarterback last year when DJ Moore had his breakout campaign. So I'm not worried about McLaurin. You know, it's a week-to-week league, and uh, that was just one game. And if memory serves me, they play the Giants next week. So uh, I'm definitely not, <laughs> not worried about McLaurin. He should be fine. The G-Men stink. So. You're forgetting exactly about Jalen Ramsey, right? Jalen Ramsey's on yes, McLaurin. right. That's right. why he shut that's, down. That's, that's true, too. And that's I'll say this. Point. Maybe I'm wrong, and maybe I'm totally overanalyzing here. It was a bad weather game. I don't know if I'd be, I, I don't, I mean, I played Antonio Gibson liberally, so I was a little upset. Maybe when the weather got bad, they're like, maybe we'd want to risk this guy because if he gets injured on this slop, th- then our team has nothing. <laughs> so maybe that's why we saw a little bit more McKissick. I think they go back to Gibson next week. Um, That that Rams backfield is, this is, is, you can, is, you can just blow it up now, Doc. No, no, listen, this is not even a question. Cam Akers is emerging. It's just a question of when. you got to pick the right week. Will it be next week? I don't know. Will it be the week after? I can't tell you. I mean, I'll just tell you this. He is the best running back by far. I think over the next – here's my prediction. The next three weeks, it'll be a little bit murky, right? But And, and then after the bye week, you will see a Cam Akers love fest for the rest of the year. Now is the time to trade for him in leagues. Get yourself Cam Akers now. Ooh, you buying that, Mike? I feel like Akers has certainly got the highest ceiling of any of those three backs, but um, and I hope Doc's right that that things get cleared up here. But I don't know if they're going to get cleared up uh, anytime soon, and maybe it's going to take a month or so. Maybe Akers is the guy who breaks out in the second half of the season. Uh, that's certainly within the realm of possibility. But this backfield has just become an, an absolute headache, and I wonder because last week Malcolm Brown took over, right? And Henderson had been the guy for the two previous weeks. I wonder if Henderson maybe got nicked up last week and we don't know about it because it seems strange that two weeks, Henderson, boom, he's the guy. And then they go back to Brown one week and then the following week, they go right back to Henderson. It just, it, it's, it's strange. It's unpredictable. It's very difficult to, to gather uh, sort of who's going to be the guy on a week to week basis. If I had to own anyone long-term, it would be acres because I feel like he does have the highest ceiling. But right now, the only player in that backfield that you can start, and I don't even want to say with any kind of confidence because I still don't have confidence in it, is Daryl Henderson. I don't yeah, know if the, I, I mean, McVay was talking about giving Akers more carries next week, so I don't know. I hope so. I hope I so. Know. I'd yeah. love to get some clarity. I just fear that we're not going to have it for a few weeks. I got him stashed on a couple of benches, so I, I would like to see that too. Um, Chase Claypool comes through, Mike, with the big, big, big game yesterday for the for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He was sitting there right on my bench, as he probably was for a lot of people. I don't think it's time we start warming him up yet, but it's looking very interesting. Well, here's the thing, man. Deontay Johnson cannot stay healthy. You know, he can't say he had, he had the concussion. He's been dealing with a toe. He hurt his back. If Deontay Johnson's going to miss time, then Chase Claypool is is the real deal. Ben Roethlisberger obviously trusts this kid. Uh, he played 52 snaps in that game. Only Juju Smith-Schuster played more. And, hey, guys, by the way, 
can, can we, and, and you guys can disagree with me here if you want, can, can we all agree here that Juju Smith-Schuster is not an elite fantasy wide receiver? The only reason he was for one year was because, because Antonio Brown was drawing coverage, and that right now Juju Smith-Schuster is a matchup-based starter, or am I going a little too far there? Doc, I would say a matchup-based starter is a little bit too far, but I, I, I'm – Listen, I don't think yeah, you can. I'm in Baltimore in the next two weeks. He's he's not a number one, but he's a number yeah. two. I mean, he's a wide receiver too. I don't think he would be the guy I want to build my team around. But if I have a good number one and I can put Juju at two, but let's just talk about Claypool. Guy's a freak. Six four, yep. runs a four four, and Mike Tomlin, who went to my old college, William Mary, I'm telling you, is smart enough to know to play Chase Claypool moving forward because you can't not. Right, so even with Deontay's there, you have Deontay, you have Claypool, and you move and you have Juju in the slot. Simple. This is easy. The Steelers just got a lot better yesterday. Not only did they win that game, but they have an emerging star who you cannot take off the field at this point. You just can't. And now I, I wonder, does this help Juju and and everybody? Because you got to put a guy on Chase Claypool because one on one, that guy's beating almost everybody. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are a dark horse in the AFC this year. I think they're a playoff team. I think they can go pretty far, too. So it's going to be interesting you know to what see. what's up, man? What's up? That, that defense is overrated. It's not. Well, it's, it's been that way for years, though, right? It's not that good, man. Like, everyone talks about the Steelers and how great that defense is. I remember watching Jeff Driscoll uh, do pretty well against them a few weeks back. And then, I mean, Wentz didn't have the greatest game. But, boy, Miles Sanders ripped off that big run. I feel like that Steelers defense is a little bit overrated. But you know what? There is not a defense in the National Football League that you can label dominant anymore. You just can't. No, By the I, way, exec, exec, I want to see your guy. I really would like to see if, – if Carson Wentz got injured for one week, I'd like to see what Jalen Hurts can do. It's coming. It, it might be like a Chase Claypool <laughs> situation where you're like, oh, my God, I don't know whether this guy could ever leave the field again. Just throw that it, out there. It's, it's, it's coming, Doc. But what's up with Zach Hurts? Dude. This guy's on a milk carton. Like, we all know. <laughs> maybe it's just me. I don't know. I mean, like, maybe it's just me, right? Because, but it's it just common sense, right? Everybody else gets hurt. Your number one targeted option should see even more targets. He has been a bum for most of this season. And I wonder, guys, I, and maybe I'm just looking too deep into it. You remember that there was some dissension there between Ertz and the Eagles? And the organization. Right. Yep. I, I, I'm just, I don't know, man. I'm just saying, I can't I explain it. I don't know if he's dogging it. I just, he looks a little slower to me out there. Wentz is just, Wentz's timing is really bad. I, I don't know. And I think here's, maybe the defense is just giving Ertz more coverage and you're not covering Travis Fulgham. So, I mean, Fulgham's seeing <laughs> one, one coverage now. and Ertz is seeing double coverage. <laughs> Doc, I think it was me and you did the video with Ed Kratz. And Ed Kratz, this is a couple of weeks ago, and Ed Kratz mentioned, that they're that he thinks that they're phasing him out of the offense so he can just so they can just don't, so they don't have to deal with him next season. Agreed. I think that's probably true. You're gonna go with Goddard, right? And you, you get rid of Ertz, but and you so you you're gonna tr- you're gonna get other guys in there. I think people didn't realize that this could happen, but now that the Eagles look, I mean, it's pretty close here. And the problem is they're they're, they're still hanging out for a playoff spot. But if the Eagles were out of a playoff spot, I could see them phasing Ertz out. Right now, you just kind of in a high stakes league, you're stuck with him. In in a, you know in a redraft league, if you can trade him, I probably would. But what are you gonna get at this point? Nothing. You you're selling you're selling him very you're selling him very low if you decide to do that. So another head coach go down yesterday. Dan Quinn is out in Atlanta. Dan Quinn and Thomas Dimitrov, both of them out in Atlanta. We also saw Todd Gurley run like it was three years ago. Atlanta Falcons moving forward. Mike, what do you think? I mean, obviously for fantasy, you know what it is. It's Ridley and it's and it's Todd Gurley. 
he, he's, he looked really good. It was a back to the future, turn back the clock kind of thing. And Gurley is somebody that I've been telling people that at some point here, you're going to want to sell high on him. Uh, so they've got Minnesota coming up this week. That should be a high scoring game. And then they've got Detroit. Uh, and then they've got Carolina. I mean, the schedule lines up really well for him in the next few weeks. Uh, but later on in the season, it gets a little tougher. So Gurley might be a guy that I'm looking to sell high on after I get a few more big performances from him. What I'm wondering is, is this Atlanta? Uh, Matt Ryan sucked yesterday. Yo, he, yo, he, the, he, was, he, he stinks. Sometimes he's really been man. out of it. And the I, I, matchup was good too. Like, you know, like based on Carolina's defense has been tough on quarterbacks so far this season, but Ryan has, has a history of whipping that team, especially in Atlanta. And he was awful in that game. Fabs, you know what I'm thinking? I, I mean, because I, I, I have Matt Ryan in many leagues, many mm-hmm. high stakes leagues, and he killed, literally killed me yesterday. I think that the defense is so bad right now that they have to run the ball to bleed the clock a little bit. Could be. And now it's throwing Ryan, who A, his arm strength looks like it's a little shot, and B, I think he's losing his rhythm because he's barely throwing. And I mean, his average yards per completion yesterday was 6.1. I mean, that's not Matt Ryan-like when he's flinging it down the field. He couldn't find Hayden Hurst with a compass. Oh. I mean, Zacchaeus was barely even out there. Gage wasn't even thrown to. It was literally Ridley. But I think that they're taking him out of his rhythm because they are running the football to protect that defense. Well, are they going to be in the quarterback market? Yeah. I, you, I mean, how many years does Ryan have left? Right. One. So I'm talking Two. about like, is this a is this a is this a is this a team that Trevor Lawrence could be on next year? Uh. Uh, well, they don't have no wins. Are the Jets going to win a game? I mean, like, <laughs> they don't have no wins. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, are the Jets going to win a game? Are the Giants going to win a game? I don't know. I mean, how, so. how about they get? How about if they get Sam Darnold? How about if they trade for Sam Darnold? I like that. I like back. that, man. I, I I was thinking Darnold maybe to the Raiders, but I mean, Derek Carr's hand looked hand looked that bad the last few weeks. So that's interesting. I think I think that I is. think a quarterback. I think the the, head, the new head coach. You know, we'll see how Raheem Morris finishes the season. But Raheem Morris obviously is a defensive-minded coach. If they go in there and they, and they go the direction of offense, it's going to be um, interesting to see what they do. Doc, would you rather play next week, Teddy? Go no, going forward, Teddy Bridgewater or Andy Dalton? Wow, interesting. Um, Teddy Bridgewater is a pretty good player, and Matt Rule and Joe Brady are doing a really good job. And I think he was one of my sleepers coming into the year. And I think a lot of people are thinking he's a game manager, but you know he's what? not this year. He's not. He's throwing it, and he's what they've done with their offense is they have allowed their receivers to run after the catch. Anderson and Moore and Samuel and you don't even have McCaffrey but Davis has been very much like McCaffrey the only guy not producing is the tight end right Ian Thomas has yeah. been on a milk carton yeah. so how I mean, do you get nothing against that defense nothing, right nothing I mean he should have scored a touchdown I mean that should have been a lock but I mean you're looking at it and you go Teddy B and he's got a late bye week he's got like a week 13 bye week I think that Teddy B's looking interesting. I still go Dalton because Dallas's defense is so bad that Dalton will have to throw most weeks. But that that question is way closer than people would have thought. What do you think about that one, Mike? Dan- Dalton or Bridgewater? I don't want to pick one or the other. It's all matchup based, to be honest with you. Like, okay. Coming up this week, I'd rather have Dalton because the Cowboys are playing Arizona and uh, Bridgewater's got the Bears, which I, I, I'd fade Bridgewater. But then Bridgewater's got a revenge game against the Saints. And the matchups are looking pretty good for him. I also, if I'm looking at the schedule here real quick, he's got some pretty good matchups coming down the stretch 
they're going to have Atlanta again. So for me, I'd, I'd probably rather have Dalton uh, if I had to pick one or the other because Bridgewater, he's been good the last couple of weeks, uh, but he started the season, you know, with some sort of modest stat lines and we're all about stats from a fantasy football perspective. But I will say this, another guy, he gets out of the clutches of Adam Case and his name is Robbie Anderson. Yes, it's balling for the Jets. Everybody, every year, oh, he's a sleeper. He can't get it done. This guy is the number one wide receiver in Carolina. I didn't think that was going to happen. I underrated Robbie Anderson, which I shouldn't have because I'm thinking, oh, man, well, Adam Gase held him down once again. And by the way, how the hell does Adam Gase still have a job? By the way, can we we not? I want to give Adam Gase a reprieve on one thing. Chris Herndon just sucks. (laughs) right everybody loved him like oh this is the guy that you want to get late round he could be this year's mark he has been just invisible putrid Putrid. i mean literally he had an open touchdown the ball hit him in the hands and he dropped it i'm so done with that guy (laughs) um mike davis looking like the waiver wire pickup of the year at least so far obviously we still want christian mccaffrey to get back out there um but i i gotta i gotta give the i gotta give props where props are due um, Matt Rule and Joe Brady. Um, that's his name, right? Yeah, Joe Brady. Mm-hmm. Yep. They've I come do. in so far, and they're doing a good job. And and Teddy Bridgewater in that office is looking good. Wait, can I ask a question, Exec? Do you think when McCaffrey comes back, that they still how many touches does Mike Davis get per? Game? No, I think it's over. Done. Zero. It's over. It's over. And Reggie Bonifant is going to be another zero too. Um, you don't think um, he gets five or eight touches a game? Mike Davis? Yeah. Nah, I don't think so. I think it's over. You don't think he gets a series every now and then? I don't think he gets enough to be fantasy relevant. Okay, fair enough. What do you think, Mike? No, I would agree with you. He's not going to be a guy who's going to have like standalone flex value. Uh, I will tell you this, though. And, 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 you know, McCaffrey already got paid, so it doesn't really matter. McCaffrey's a great running back. This is, this is proving the point uh, of a lot of NFL executives as to why you don't pay running backs. Yes. Carolina has not missed a beat with Mike Davis in that backfield. No, and, he, and, and he's just doing it, and it, it looks like almost Christian McCaffrey-like. So he was. Uh, if you're able to get him, uh, shout out to you because you have an, uh, an advantage right now. And, of course, if you are a Christian McCaffrey rosterer, then that's good too. Um, Mike, would you be – if you are a Lamar Jackson manager mm-hmm. – I'm trying to you, trade him. I'm trying to trade him. You're trying to move him. You, you, yep. You're not, you're not I, feeling it right now. In, in, so in two QB leagues, obviously I'm not doing that. But I have Lamar in a couple of redrafts, and I am absolutely trying to trade him. And I made the mistake of drafting him. I I, I have so many leagues. We have so many leagues, right? So in, in some leagues, I experiment. I'm like, all right, well, I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna take Lamar here. You know, it's a third round. He's still there. I'll take him. All right, we'll, we'll go there, brother. Like, you gotta beware the magical season. It doesn't matter. You beware the mat. Michael Thomas had a great year in 2019. So far, he's done nothing. He got hurt. That's part of beware the magical season. Lamar Jackson has not looked good as a passer at all. And I'm going to look for a running back. And I I will play Ryan freaking Fitzpatrick. I'll stream quarterbacks. I don't care. I'll play Ryan Tannehill. I don't care. I am going to try and trade him. And I'm not saying that that's what everybody out there should do. Okay, this is just me. And it, it's a lesson to myself. Next year, guys, when we're doing a podcast in the preseason – and there is a great quarterback controversy in terms of whether or not you should take a quarterback early, even when you're just experimenting because you're in so many leagues. You better smack me and say, Fabs, don't do it. Remember Lamar Jackson in 2020. I'm not saying he's not going to be good. He was never going to be as good as he was last year. And I just 
top-notch running backs are just so much more valuable. Top-notch wide receivers are just so much more valuable when you look at some of the quarterbacks who put up good numbers. Again, it happens every single year, so it is what it is. I'm not saying he's going to be a bust or that he is a bust. I'm not saying anything like that. I'm just saying, once again, we're proving that you can win without that elite-type quarterback, and just because a guy has a bananas, ridiculous, historical season one year doesn't mean he's going to do it again. In fact, it's there's a better chance that he's not going to come close to that. I, I think I, we can. I think we can save his season. I do, and I'm going to give you the one person who can save his season: J.K. Dobbins. J.K. Dobbins. God, they're not even using him that much now. It's not, a bummer. Right? One carry for 34 yards. They're barely using him. It's such a joke. Listen. Harbaugh, a couple of years ago, did the right thing when he benched Joe Flacco and he played Lamar Jackson. At some point soon, he's got to bench Mark Ingram and all the other 27 guys getting carries and go with Dobbins. Because once Dobbins is out there, it will free Lamar up to do what Lamar does best, which is improvise. Right. Because when Lamar, Lamar, you know, he's, he's not, he needs to be in a rhythm. He needs to make, make plays, but Dobbins gives that team another, uh, another gear that they're missing right now. Cause now they're relying on, on, on Lamar's arm, which is never a good thing to do because he's not very accurate. So they've got Ingram was a great guy last year. He was, but I think his time is done. You got to get Dobbins in. If they want to win the Super Bowl, or even sniff the Super Bowl, Dobbins has to get a role quickly. Yeah, I I think I think what we'll see from Lamar moving. See, I don't want to sell low, but I I do get the disappointment. I think as we move along in the season and the games get more important, you start to see Lamar run more. I also listen. Lamar Jackson don't miss practice. He missed two practices last week. Mm-hmm. That's another and, reason. Yeah, yep, and I, yep. I I I don't know if Lamar Jackson is a hundred percent because. It's just the wiggle's just not there. But then again, a game like yesterday against the Bengals, that wiggle is not really needed. Speaking of the Bengals, it make let's make it official. Matter of fact, he already he's, he's, he hurt his hamstring. AJ Green, he's not coming back. He's AJ, not. AJ he's Green should have gotten dropped last week. Yeah, like in, in fantasy leagues across the board. Like I get it, he was a great wide receiver from a fantasy perspective. Great on the gridiron. Man, his time has passed, dude. He's 32 years old. He can't stay healthy. Another lower body injury. We all kind of saw it coming. We all know he was a risk-reward pickup. He was a guy you drafted to be your wide receiver three. Got to love T. Higgins right now. And Tyler Boyd's the number one wide receiver. Doc, on the interception that Burrow threw yesterday, I mean, A.J. Green, he just barely stuck his hand up and just turned around and gave up on it. I don't know why you – I mean, he must – there's got to be issues because you can't hate on Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow was named the team captain. This guy wants to be great, and I think he will be great. But you know who else is great? T. Higgins is pretty great, and A.J. Green knows it, and A.J. Green knows that Tyler Boyd's better, and I think A.J. Green is used to being the number one guy, and he's just not anymore. I mean, maybe he goes to another team. I mean, and maybe that he, I don't know, maybe he goes to the uh, – the Washington football team. I don't know. becomes their number two. I, I can't tell you this. I could tell you it's a bad fit in Cincinnati and the people, I, and it worries me that fantasy football analysts for the last few weeks, Oh, play AJ green, play AJ green. Your boy, Adam rank. Now nah, let me stop. <laughs> well, I mean, coming out of his mouth, I'm not surprised. His, his start of the week at wide receiver was Adam Thielen. Thanks for nothing, buddy. I'm not hey. start Adam Thielen. Hey, um, um, so here's the thing. Remember, he had to fight with Jalen Ramsey. Yes. After that game, Jalen Ramsey said players on the Bengals 
were coming over to him saying to him, oh, man, thank you, thank you, thank you. That guy, this, that guy, that. So it very well could be some trouble uh, inside that inside that situation right there. Um, We talked about uh, T. Higgins. Henry Ruggs got his first career touchdown yesterday in that big-time victory the Raiders had over the Chiefs. Boy, that was a surprise. My buddy Richard Christie from the Stern Show just texted me. Obviously, he said that he's a big Chiefs fan. He's like, I'm still reeling after that loss. And, and, and Jacobs had, had a good fantasy game. I, yeah. I, I think it was a better fantasy game than, than it was in terms of real football. But, I mean, the Raiders have some playmakers at wide receiver. Like, I mean, Henry Ruggs had three targets, two catches, and had over 100 yards in the touchdown. Look, looked pretty good. And, you know, Nelson Aguilar, who's a guy I've been starting for two straight weeks because, well, my team is a little bit hurting right now in terms of the injuries and COVID and everything else. But, I mean, he's 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 gotten into the end zone, right? So Darren Waller is, is playing at a high level. He's been playing at a high level. Derek Carr is getting the job done. I, the Raiders, I, listen, they beat New Orleans too. Like this team, you don't go into Kansas City and beat the Chiefs and not be a team that is at least a playoff contender, guys. And they have two big wins on their on their slate so far in 2020. Um, two things on this on the Raiders. One, Ruggs changes that team because you have to cover him and the safety has to cover him because this guy's got a gear like Tyreek Hill. And we haven't even seen Brian Edwards yet, who I really like coming into the season, and we haven't even seen him do anything. So I, I think this Raiders offense is onto something. But let's give some credit to the Raiders defense. I mean, Patrick Mahomes at halftime, you would have thought he was on his way to a 500-yard game. And all of a sudden, the second half, he couldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that Sammy Watkins got hurt, but please, let's not say Tammy, Sammy oh, Watkins is a game What's new about that? <laughs> right. You've got Nicole Harmon. you got Robinson. you got Kelsey. you got Hill. But, man, the Raiders just figured out how to cover that Chiefs uh, offense. So I, I think they're looking really special right now, and I, I think it's good upside. AFC looks like it's going to be uh, much tougher than the NFC this year. Um, you got those two big, uh, those two big uh, teams at the top with Baltimore and Kansas City. But I do think we're seeing some of the emergence, the emergence of some other teams. The Cleveland Browns looked very good yesterday. Um, get, getting that job done. Uh, rookie running back Mike is still your boy Clyde the Glide. Uh, I, you know what though, you can't, you can't kill him. He had a touchdown yesterday. Travis Kelsey had a, had a penalty, called the back. He would have had a much better game. Listen, man, I'm still running him out there every single week. I think yeah, he's going to be fine long term, but he had a little bit of bad luck, unfortunately. And and you know, fantasy fans have to keep that stuff in mind, right? When when a guy has a touchdown called back, I mean, Tyreek had a touchdown called back as well. Uh, it happens, but you have to sort of know the circumstances of the game before saying, "Oh, this guy's a bust. He hasn't produced." You know, he, he's had a couple of, of very nice games in the stat sheets. Had a couple of hundred yard performances, but you know, yesterday just the bad luck with the, with the with the Kelsey penalty that nullified that touchdown catch. Uh, that Glad had from Mahomes. Hey, it happens. I'm going to keep rolling him out there. I think he's going to be fine. Doc, who would you rather have rested away? Uh, this is this is a big time. This is big timers right here. Deshaun Watson or Lamar Jackson? That's a tough one. That that is actually a tough one. The fact that Doc is is wavering tells you all you need to know about Lamar Jackson and why I'm going to try to trade him. <laughs> yeah, I'm wavering. I'm wavering because I feel like you know Lamar keys in on Andrews. If Mark Andrews should ever get injured, and I don't oh want to say that because I love Mark Andrews, but where would Lamar be at that point? I don't even know who he'd go to. He, he overthrows Hollywood Brown regularly. He doesn't use the other receivers there. I mean, they, I, I don't know. doesn't throw the ball to his running backs very well. But Deshaun Watson showed me something yesterday. But here's the thing about Watson. 
he's as good as Will Fuller. When Will Fuller's on the field, I love Deshaun Watson. When Will Fuller's hurt, then all of a sudden that team changes. So please let Will Fuller play. Uh, and look, David Johnson, please, I never want to hear his name again as this guy being any good. <laughs> you know what, though, Doc? You know what, though, Doc? Watson did miss him on a wide-open touchdown in the end zone. So, And I understand, like, David Johnson is, is not going to be a reliable fantasy option on a weekly basis. I think we all can agree on that. But – but Watson had him wide open in the end zone and overthrew him. And and so Johnson could have actually had a way better stat line uh, if Watson had actually been accurate on that pass. So when we get ready, when we when we when we look at kind of look at this week and 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 some of the things that's going on, we saw Miami come out there. They had the big game where they really uh beat up on San Francisco. So Ryan Fitzpatrick was doing his thing. He's getting the job done, um, trying to hold two off. But we know we're going to see two at some point. But you look at, you know, what they what they did. It basically was to say Miami is 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 Preston Williams, it's Kaseki. They try to get everybody involved. A harder team to handicap from a fantasy purpose because of all the moving pieces and what they have. Doc, I'll start with you. Who are the waiver wire targets we're looking at this week? Well, we're looking at Chase Claypool. We're looking at Travis Fulgham. I mean, those guys need to be rostered for sure. Um, I think you're, I can't imagine LaVisca Chenault is out there, but man, this guy's getting better and he better. He actually is, Doc. He's out there, man. Yeah, I yeah, like him. And look, DJ Chark had a rough day because Bradley Roby was literally pulling his jersey all game long. I mean, literally pulling his jersey. I think you guys should have watched that on Game Rewind. So I like LaVisca Chenault a ton. Well, I Chark mean, got think, hurt too. Yeah, he did at the end of the game. Yeah. I mean, I think you're looking at Alexander Madison. I mean, hopefully... He, you know, if he's out there in any leagues, he should be rostered. I'll give you another guy. How about Mike Boone? Mike Boone was pretty good last week. So if you're in a super deep league, I'm just saying you can throw him at the end of your bench. And of course, Fitzpatrick could be out there in some leagues and maybe even mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins. But uh, Fabs, I'm sure you have some more names too. Yeah, Bridgewater's still out there. And I don't like this week's matchup, but like he's got some good matchups after that. Derek Carr's got a bye, but he's had 20 plus points in three of his last four games. Uh, we talked about Andy Dalton. Minshew's out there in about 40% of leagues on ESPN. He's got a good matchup coming up this week. Uh, You mentioned Alexander Madison. Chase Edmonds is available in about 50% of leagues on ESPN. Uh, He's had two straight good games. If you want to go a little deeper, Matt Breda had 10 touches and Jordan Howard was a healthy scratch. Nice signing, Miami. Um, (laughs) So if anything happens to Miles Gaskin, then Breda could end up having some value. Travis Fulgham is obvious. Ruggs is available in about 50% of leagues. Uh, Chenault is only owned in 31% of ESPN leagues. Miko Hardman is out there, and Sammy Watkins got hurt. Uh, uh, Corey mentioned Preston Williams. Nelson Aguilar, maybe not so much because the Raiders were on a bye. Uh, deeper leagues, Tyler Johnson. And at tight end, there is Buckus. Unless you want to give me Gerald Everett, who ruined my Tyler Higby start last week. And oh, by mm. the way, can we all agree on this, guys? And, and I, I, I should have listened to myself. In the preseason, I was saying, yeah, okay, Tyler Higby's a tight end one. But short sample size and, you know, Everett was banged up. Tyler Higby's been a bum so far this year. He's had three touchdowns all in that one game, right? He had that one big game and that's basically it. And now it's a tight end by committee situation, which makes the tight end position even worse. So if you're hurting there, I mean, I guess you could pick up Everett, but good luck. Cameron Bray, I mean, he had six targets last week. Okay, good luck. Darren Fells. How about your boy Bobby Tanyan? I mean, he was on bye last well, week. Well, he's got to he's gotta be gone, Doc, right? I mean, but he was maybe on bye, you're right. He was on bye this week, so maybe people maybe didn't pick right. him up. Maybe you're right, brother. Yeah, I mean, like, if Tanyan's out there, goodness gracious, please go get him. But, yeah, so, uh, but that's it. 
uh, in terms of the guys that played this past week, I mean, there was next to nothing. Uh, that's interesting. I want to see how owned Tanyan is because I would think after that performance, there are people who probably didn't go out and get him, Doc. You're right because, well, there was a bye week and so you couldn't really use him. But when you got a guy at the tight end position that's wicked thin, that scores three touchdowns, I mean, I'll, I'll sit on him. He is 48.4% rostered, so Doc's right. 50% of leagues, you can still get Robert Tanyan. That surprises me. All right, so there we go right there. Time to bring it into this one. Still got two more games left before we put uh, say goodnight to week number five of the fantasy football season, and then we got to go in number to week number six, and hopefully we can figure it out and piece it together and don't miss no games and try to get everybody the starts that they need. Don't forget SI Fantasy Plus is the home for all the advice that you see that we give out, and also you can get SI Fantasy Pro for your DFS and your sports betting. For Dr. Roto and Michael Fabiano, I'm Corey Parson, the fantasy executive. Want to give a big shout out to the good people over at DraftKings for sponsoring this. We are out.